By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 107.1. It is BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. Together, we are BS.show. And, you know, just when you thought you've heard all the bad things that happened yesterday, the worst thing came out yesterday. What? The earth is speeding up. It is? <laughs> yeah. Our, our planet set a record for completing one rotation faster than scientists had ever previously recorded. This happened back in June 29th, a little bit, uh, but a month and a half ago. June 29th, 1.59 milliseconds, less than 24 hours. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> it really is interesting. So is that climate change? Well, it says in, until a few years ago, it had been thought that the Earth's rotation was slowing down after several successive measurements by atomic clocks since 1973. Now they're saying it's speeding up. <laughs> you know, And what's interesting, we're Does talking about... Does that make about, our world go faster? We're talking about, uh, uh, get this, and however, on, on June 29th, our planet completed its quickest ever spin, uh, followed quickly by a day that lasted 1.50 seconds on July 26th, so a couple weeks ago. And once again, 1.5 milliseconds. Okay, a millisecond is a thousandth of the seconds. So in other words, it rota- It supposedly it rotated one, essentially a 1.5, or if you look at it for seconds, it would be like point zero 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 or hundreds tens hundreds thousands so it would be it would be point zero zero one five milliseconds so we're not so isn't that the day that it flooded no it said uh, no not the day it flooded it said okay Are you sure yeah it says why is earth speeding up the cause of the different differing speed of earth spin is unknown but theories abound. one of them is the melting of the glaciers mean less weight in the poles other theory is motions of our planet's inner molten core seismic activity and then there's always the chandler wobble you know what the Chandler wobble is? No. The Chandler wobble is uh, the movement of Earth's geographical poles across its surface. Now, if you click on the Chandler wobble, uh, as a matter of fact, this is this is uh, this is a guy. Uh, blah 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 blah. Uh, and what's this guy's name? Um, Mr. Chandler is his name. I was going to say it's by a man named Chandler. Uh, Chandler wobble. Uh, there are a number of short-term reasons for the sudden lowing of Earth rotation, and this is this is what's interesting. Okay, here's one article that talks about the Earth is speeding up. This article was written, uh, you know, uh, last week. But there's another article that talks about uh, how the the Earth is slowing down. It's, you know what, I'm going to say something, and people are going to get mad at me when I say this. It's almost like the global warming thing. You know, if you go back in the 70s, matter of fact, there's a Time Magazine article. Uh, if you remember, Time Magazine was a big magazine. The cover of the Time Magazine years ago talked about the fact that uh, that uh, the Earth is going into a global cooling, that we're headed for another ice age. Okay, this is back in the 70s, okay? And now, 50 years later... They essentially say, well, no, it's not. It's not cooling. It's warming. But then, of course, they changed it. Remember, it used to be global warming. And then when things didn't quite turn out that way, they just made it global climate change. Anyway, the Chandler wobble is a component of Earth's instantaneous axis of rotation motion, so-called polar motion, which changes the position of the point on the globe where the axis intersects the Earth's surface. Do you got that? <laughs> That's according to Leonid Zotov at the Steinberg Astronomical Institute in Moscow. 
He's the lead author of two papers published earlier this year in Advances in Space Research in the Journal of Geophysical Research, Solid Earth on Earth's Polar Motion and Length of Day Trends. You know, like we got enough problems to worry about. You know, <laughs> with the Chandler wobble and the Earth speeding up and slowing down, I don't know. You know, yesterday, did you did you hear about where they raided Trump's place down in Mar-a-Lago? I read that. Yes. You know, when I first heard that, I thought to myself, why are they why are they doing this? Well, why are they doing this? Because they don't want to kill him. I mean, not r- literally. They want to kill him, his reputation, the whole bit, so he doesn't run for president in 2024. I mean, you know, let's be honest. That man's reputation has been ruined and brought back and ruined and brought back. He's used to this. He'll overcome it. But I don't quite understand why, you know, this is one of these things where you sort of scratch your head and you go like, okay, this supposedly is over the fact that he, when he left the White House, he took some classified documents with him. And supposedly they're at Mar-a-Lago. So what I don't quite understand is... Apparently, they knew he was in New York, and they raided his place in Mar-a-Lago. And the interesting thing about it is you read the story, there's a story about they brought in a safe cracker. They've got some safe that was in one of his offices, and they cracked the safe, and guess what was in the safe? Um, Not the stuff. It was empty. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it wasn't the papers. It's like, it's like you know, and... I don't care if you're Republican. Don't they have to have a right to search and seizure? Search warrant. Yeah, they did. FBI's. You know. Oh, they did? Yeah. I mean, you know, and once again. I didn't know. Well, I don't know. I mean, if I was a Democrat, if I was a hardcore Democrat right now, and keep in mind, I'm neither Republican nor a Democrat, but if I were a hardcore Democrat right now, I'd be going like, eh, I don't know if this looks real good for us. You know what I mean? I mean it's to the point where, you know, I mean, it, it's almost to the point where, He's a former president. Do you see this? them doing this to Obama or Jimmy Carter? Do you see them like no. going to Jimmy Carter's house and saying, Hey, Jimmy, we know you took some of them hammers from the White House that you're using for Habitat for Humanity. We want those hammers back. You know, <laughs> you know we see you out there swinging that hammer. Do you know hammer. how much those gold-crescent <laughs> hammers cost? Right. We know. We see you out there swinging that hammer on those, on those Habitat for Humanity job sites. We want those hammers back. You know, I don't – God. Politics is – truly a blood sport and anybody who gets involved with it you know it's to the point where you just sort of go like okay for real you know this is this is this is what we've gone to and not only that if and here's the thing we didn't really talk much about this bill that they passed over the weekend you know what part of the deal on it is you know a lot of this money's going to they're going to hire 87,000 new IRS agents which is more than there's that's more than the current staff of the IRS. So they're they're going to more why than Why don't they hire the pipeline people back? Well, why don't they hire border guards? Why don't they hire more police in each city? You know, exactly. I mean like if you ask 10 people, if you walked to 10 people on the street, just 10 random people and said, "Hey, in in order of importance, what do you think the five most important things we need to address in this country are?" And I think almost everybody would go, "Well, energy, you know, uh, you know, I mean, you know, like, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, illegal immigration, uh, you know, the fact that the inf- president's in- inflation, you know, I mean, like, uh, uh, you know, the lack of of stuff in our stores, you know, I mean, don't, I don't think anybody would go, well, we need more IRS agents, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's like, okay, and see that this- I thought they were going to do something with the taxes. Well, 
Like they were going to make them a flat tax or... Oh my God, that'll never happen. Because once again, I mean, why, why would that never happen? Because the lobbyists from the CPAs, imagine if they, if they had like, well, on, on, on our AM station, on crap, AM 1350, we used to have a guy years ago when it was a talk station by the name of Neil Bortz. And Neil Bortz was this really interesting guy. He was an attorney out of Atlanta. And he was, he wrote a book with a former member of Congress about the flat tax. And essentially what it would come down to is you'd get a little card in the mail and essentially you'd write down how much money you made and you'd, you'd deduct 10%, you'd send 10% into the government and you're done. You know, I mean, that way it truly is a level playing field where everybody pays the same amount of money. Well, everybody just went ape, you know what, over that because of the fact that, uh, you know, the, the poor people are going, oh, my God, I'm going to have to pay taxes because a lot of, you know, people who are under a certain amount of income don't pay any taxes. And then the rich people, you know, were going like, oh, this is a great idea. And it makes it so simple. And it's interesting. I used to read the Wall Street Journal all the time. I mean, I was a, a ardent reader of the Wall Street Journal. And every Did year. Did the crossword? No, no, not that, that's New York Times. Every year, the oh. Wall Street Journal had a thing where they, they put together a uh, fictitious, I think it was like for a, 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 you know, a, a man and a woman, a fictitious uh, a scenario for f- figuring out their taxes. In other words, they, and they, would, they would say, okay, Joe and Jim Smith, you know, our, our Jill and Jim Smith made $87,000 last year. You know, they had uh, these deductions. They had, you know, health care. They had blah, 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 blah. Okay, figure this out. And they would send it to like five accounting firms, the big five, ten, the big, you know, like five accounting firms in the country. And it was like a contest. And the, and the Wall Street Journal would say, okay, here, figure this out. And when they got the returns, all of them were different. Nobody, no, you know, once again, if, if I said to you, like in your car, I just went through this with my daughter's car. Okay. I take it to the inspection station. The guy says it flunked because of a and B. Okay, fine. I'll fix a and B. I fix a and B your dog barks. And I take the car back to, to the inspection station and they say, okay, fine. You fixed a and B. Here's your certificate. Here's your safety emissions thing. You passed. Okay. Super simple. But when they get when it gets so complicated that you have five accounting firms and everybody has a different return, what's right and what's wrong? You know what I mean? I do know what you mean, and and it's all confusing to me. I'm not a numbers person, but it it it's all confusing to me. Well, they you know if you go back in history, uh, you know, and and what's interesting is they they say that they boy, what's wrong with your dog? Where's your dog? Right outside the door. What's he doing? He's barking, Brad. I know, but what? Thanks, Shelly. That was so nice of you. Obvi. <laughs> Why is he barking? I don't think I've, in three years, I don't think I've ever heard him bark like that. Well, it's the girl, and I don't know why she's barking. She probably wants to go out so she can bark outside, and my neighbor's can sit there and send me hate te- hate texts. Do they really? Huh? Do they really? One of them does. And what do they send you? What do they send you? Like, your dog's barking again? Hold on, please. I'll be, <laughs> well, I'll be right back. I'll tell you what. We'll just take a break. We'll be right back. It is... Oh, my God. 
get this queued up here. I do this. I do this. I do this. They shut up. It is 625. We're going to take a break anyway. It's 625. We need to break. take a break. Yeah, 625. It is BS.show. Weather, you know what? We started dodge the bullet. Uh, supposed to be another round of nasty thunderstorms come through the area. They moved through. Matter of fact, they're pretty much out of the uh, metro area in Illinois right now and uh, went to the north of us. Now, that doesn't mean that some people in northern parts of St. Charles County and Lincoln County and places like that didn't get rain because they did. We did. Did you get rain? How much? Um, I don't know. I haven't looked at the pool today because that's kind of my gauge. But, but it wasn't torrential rain, though, right? It wasn't like what we had like last week and the week before, like you know, like seven inches officially. I, I don't think so, but it was pretty um, audible because my dogs were well. We like like I said, <laughs> depending upon where you're at, the majority of the storm went to the north, so um, it didn't sweep right through the St. Louis metro, but. The problem now is there's a flood watch for central Missouri, essentially from uh, Columbia and Jefferson City to the south, down through Lake of the Ozarks. And there's another big band of activity that's coming up 44, just like they always do. Right now, it's... it's they really do. Oh, I'm telling you. There's storms. You can just track them. Right now, the storms... Yeah, you can. Moving just down in, the 44 corridor. And they're just driving. They're, literally, they come right up 44. Uh, the, the, the next storm is down in southwest Missouri. Matter of fact, coming out of Oklahoma City and Tulsa right now. And probably would be hitting Springfield probably the next few minutes. It's probably right now in Joplin. But once again, if you look at the way it's tracking right now, this way. Do they way, have any tornadic weather? Because Oklahoma no, City's known for that. Not right now, but this storm looks like it's tracking to the south of us. So, And, and this one's supposedly going to hit later this morning, early this afternoon. So we might miss it. We might not. God, this weather's been so crazy. You know, and the interesting part of it is um, you and I are involved with trying to help people that had their businesses flooded. And yes. what's interesting is there are some businesses that flooded that, quite honestly, flooding is not a new experience for them, if you know what I mean. I mean they're, right, they're but in, they also had insurance. Right. They're, and But the thing that clobbered a lot of people, I mean, like, I was reading something the other day about, you know, me being an old North County kid. The Florissant Meadows Shopping Center got, like, two feet of water in most of the stores. You know Florissant Meadows? That? Florissant Meadows is up there on Lindbergh, I believe, between... Um, is that, is that Washington? It's, it's, if you're going, it's, you know, you know matter of fact, <laughs> I can tell things. Um, the, one of the corners of the shopping center has the white castle. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The, that's over by, um, well, it's Patterson. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. And apparently they had like, uh, there's a reading story about a lady who runs a yoga studio over there and you know, they had two feet of water, all her yoga mats are ruined and they're having to cut out the bottom two feet of the drywall. I mean, it's just like nasty stuff. And um, we we still, are we, you know who I'm talking about? Are we going to be able to talk to him one of these days or is he going to go in the air with yes. us? Yes. Okay. I, and once again, I don't want to bring that up because I know we're not trying to, what we're ultimately trying to do, believe it or not, we're trying to help people with their businesses. And we've got some people we, that we've taken up us on our free advertising packages, and we're going to try to promote their business as well, too, because this is not fun. And the problem is that certain people, you know, once again, we talked about it. If you're in an area that you know floods all the time, like, for example, if you're in Frenchtown in the northern part there of St. Charles, you know it's going to flood. I mean, it always floods up and there. And that's why you have flood insurance. Right. And those people but pretty much... a lot much... of these people weren't in a floodplain. Well, yeah. It was... It... it was the drains and the sewers that couldn't handle the influx of rain. Well, it was... And so then they got clobbered and their insurance company won't cover it. There's places in Westport that have never flooded before that got flooded. 
You know, I mean, and that's sort of weird. You think Westport. Yeah, yeah, that is weird. There's a creek that runs through there right off a of page, and there's several businesses. As a matter of fact, Humane Society got flooded, you know, right there in the corner of Page and Shoots. Did they? Yeah, they got water in their, in their, in their first floor, or the, or the basement of the building, stuff like that. Because there's, there's the puppies? I, well, I think they're on the second floor. There's, oh, okay. a, there's a creek that runs through there, and once again, you know, People, we know about that creek, don't we? Right, we do. And 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 they got flooded out. There's a there's a place called KDR Design Studios, which is like a, a company that caters to de, you know interior designers and things like that. They got flooded, and they've never had any kind of flooding like that. So because you know what happens is, you know when you get in some areas, they estimated as much as a foot of rain. Remember that that you know that night, you know, late night, early the next morning, a foot of rain, and it just can't, you know, it, it just can't go through the creeks and the drainage systems quick enough. So anyway, um, the the crazy part of that is everybody's lawn sure greened up. Did you notice that? I did. Everybody's lawn went from like, you know, being burnt out straw to like within like three or four days, like almost lush, looks, lush grass. It lush almost looks green. like springtime again, doesn't it? With like, yeah. And it's still hotter than blazes, although. Today, we just heard Jennifer talk about we're done with the 90-degree temps, and I think the rest of the week, I know she talked about today and tomorrow, but I do believe the rest of the week is supposed to be pretty decent as far as the temperature is concerned. Let me look at the extended forecast. Um, yeah, 79 today, uh, 84 tomorrow, 87 Thursday, 84 Friday, 85 on Saturday. So no more, boy, we won't even hit 80 today. Is that amazing? No more blazing hot conditions, which is good. Man, a lot yeah. of stuff to talk about this morning. Um, I got some crazy things to talk about, which, you know, and and you know what's sort of sad? This happens, and this sort of bothers me in a certain extent, and we will not be doing this because I think to a certain extent it's disrespectful. You know what, you know what that is? No. When somebody dies, like, for example, Olivia Newton-John died yesterday, everybody... I know. I was so sad. Everybody's playing her songs. And the sad part of it is, if you're not playing them already, don't play them now. You know, in other words, don't be a hypocrite. Oh, Olivia Newton-John, isn't her music great? And what, you wouldn't play it. Because like here in St. Louis, I think we're maybe with the exception of KEZK, nobody plays her music anymore. Nobody. Yeah. Well, because of the fact that it's like, well, it's it's 70s and 80s. You know, we don't do 70s and 80s anymore. Although I think Clue does. What do they do? Clue does. Clue does 70s and 80s. Maybe they're playing Olivia Newton-John. I don't know. But all of a sudden, everybody's playing it. And... You know, I think that's... I can hear her on Casey now. No, I don't think you hear it on Casey. But <laughs> but they're talking about, you know... Or the point. They're talking about, I heard last night, I was driving uh, driving back to the office last night, and I heard one of the guys on one of the stations talking about, oh, I always had this crush on Olivia Newton-John, and, and, you know, and, oh my God, I used to watch her physical, you know, I bought her, she had, once she do like exercise tapes and stuff like that yes, back in the day. Yes, let's get physical. It's right, a song. Right, right. I know, but but did she do like tapes and things like that like Jane Fonda did? Jane Don Fonda did the, the Jane Fonda workout. By the way, I read this bizarre article about Jane Fonda who's like, I think she's 90 right now, okay? And and nothing against that, you know, although some of my Vietnam veteran friends are not happy about that. I told you. I told you what. I, yeah, yeah. I have three to the, urinate on her grave? Yes. There's a goal in life that to outlive Jane Fonda and go to where she's buried and urinate on her grave. And I'm telling you, I don't mean that it's like as a nasty comment. I mean, keep, keep in mind um, that these are people that are, you know, were in Vietnam. And if you know the story, 
Uh, Jane Fonda went to Hanoi, which at the time was the North Vietnamese, who were we fighting against. And she essentially, you know, uh, said the Americans were screwed up and she was behind the enemy, so to speak. That would be like right now somebody coming out and saying, hey, you know, we love that Vladimir Putin guy. We love what he's doing in Ukraine. That's great. Take over that country. People would go like, what? What are you talking about? You know, he's killing all these people in Ukraine. They've never done anything to him. Why are you doing that? Anyway, um, and, you know, the sad part of that is the Vietnam vets, a lot of these guys, you know, especially if they were in it in the in the, the, the early to mid-60s, these guys are like in their 70s and 80s now. You know, especially in, if they were like an officer or something like that. Paul Arca was uh, airborne. I know. And, and there's I, I know several guys. And me personally, I was like when they had the draft, I was number 27. That was my draft number. And if you know the way they did it, they had a lottery and they pulled out all the uh, the birthdays. And they started, they had like, it was almost like, you know, like the Powerball kind of thing. They pulled out birthdays. And the first person, you know, the first birthday pulled out was number one. And they said the first 90 people, the first 90 numbers were almost assuredly going to be drafted. And I was number 27. And my dad, who was a, at the time, my dad was in the Army. My dad was in the Army for 40 years. He was a four, four, four and a half years active duty in World War II. And then 36 years as uh, as a uh, uh, reserve. Matter of fact, he retired as a captain. And my dad literally took me aside and said, you know, hey, I got drafted in World War II. I don't regret the fact that I served my country, but I do regret the fact that I should have enlisted and I probably would have a little bit more choice in what I ended up doing. And he says, take my advice. And if you think you're going to get drafted, enlist. So I went to all the recruiters. I went to the Navy recruiter and the Army recruiter and the Air Force and Marines and even the Coast Guard at the time. And, you know, talk to them. And then they sort of slacked off in the draft, and I didn't get drafted. And I'll be honest with you, one of the regrets I have in my life is I didn't serve in the armed services. My dad did, you know, proud veteran, and a lot of my friends. Matter of fact, I told the story about my friend Craig Leaker, who was the same age as me. We had the exact same birthday. Our parents had our birthday parties together. He was like my best friend. And Craig ultimately went into the Army. And, uh, you know, then after he went through the Army, he went through, he went through uh, OCS, Officer Candidate School, because he was in ROTC at college. Then he went to the Army, became a Ranger, then ultimately became a Green Beret. And I lost track of him. I don't know where he's at anymore. His brother, I, every once in a while his brother shows up on my Facebook page. I need to send him a, a, a note and find out what Craig's doing. But, you know, here's a guy who was Green Beret. You know, those are, those are some tough hombres. You know, yes, they are. The Navy SEALs get all the recognition, but there are special forces in all the branches of service. There's the the uh, what they call I think they're called the PJs in the Air Force. There's uh, obviously there's the Green Berets. There's the Navy SEALs, and there's another group in the Marines as well too. But they never get all the publicity that the Navy gets, the Navy SEALs gets. And I'm not saying that that's bad because they have different roles. The Navy SEALs are the guys who go in and like you know take out Bin Laden, where the Green Beret are the ones who go into countries and work with the local governments and try to, you know, help things out that way. They're not necessarily going in and just a, you know, quick in and out like a, like a Navy SEAL kind of operation. They're more of like a long-term kind of thing. Anyway, how do we get talking about that? I have no idea. Uh, we talked about the weather. Talk, talk about this. Talk about that. Oh, here's something interesting. Mike Otten sent this to me. Of course he did. No, and this is pretty interesting. Most common jobs 150 years ago in Missouri, okay? 150 years ago, what are the most common jobs? 
You know what the number one common job was in Missouri 150 years ago? Uh, owning a general store. No. Farmers and planters. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was number one. Number two yeah. was agricultural laborers. Number three was just plain laborers. Number four was domestic servants, you know, like maids and, and things like that. Number five, carpenters and joiners. Number six, clerks and stores. Number seven, employees of railroad companies. Number eight, draymen, hackmen, and teamsters. You know what a drayman is? Uh, plumber dude? No, draymen all have to do with, with transportation. I think draymen are the guys who, who like, load, load uh, trains and things like that. Blacksmith. Oh, I'll a look train man or a drain man? Well, no, no, train. Uh, no, D- Drayman, D-R-A-Y-M-E-N. Drayman, Hackman, H-A-C-K-M-E-N, Teamsters. That's And I'll look at what a drayman is because I think that has something to do with shippage because they talk – sometimes you'll still see things referred to in the shipping industry as drage, D-R-A-Y-A-G-E. Uh, anyway, number nine is blacksmiths. Number 10 is tailors, tailoresses. And seamstresses. Did you know there's a difference between a tailor and a tailoresses? A tailor's, tailoresses, and seamstresses. Uh, men and women? Yes, yes. Let me look at what Draymond is. Uh, think about that. There's nobody who is a social media expert. <laughs> there's nobody <laughs> There's nobody who is a, 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 a social media influencer. There's no social media planners. There's no web designers. There's nothing. Draymond, uh, D-R-A-Y-M-E-N. Draymond is a person, oh, a person who delivers beer for a brewery. That's what a Draymond is. Rock wow. on. I thought they only had sarsaparilla. Well, now, now here, there's, there's two different definitions. I'm seeing, I'm seeing one definition says it's a person who delivers beer for a brewery. Another definition says a Draymond was historically the driver of a Dray, a low flatbed wagon with outsides, pulled generally by horses and mules. That was, let me look at this. That was used to transport all kinds of goods. And they do show in the picture, they, this is on Wikipedia, they do show a, a trailer, like a carriage pulled by a horse, and it's carrying beer, uh, beer ke- kegs on the back. Um, Where's Friar Tuck when you need him? Modern usage, the word Drayman is used in the U.S. ports as the over-the-road highway drivers who deliver containers to and from the port. Yeah, here it is. A drage company, D R A Y A G E, drage company, and the draymen provide carriage from or to port or railway to ramp. The items hauled are either ocean or rail containers. The con- contents are either cross docked for outbound long haul carriage, or the container is drayed to the receiver who unloads it. The draymen then hauls hauls it to my phone just went nuts. The draymen then hauls the empty back to the ocean port or rail yard. The term is also used for brewery delivery men, even though routine horse-drawn deliveries are almost entirely extinct. Some breweries still maintain teams of horses and a dray. You know who that is. Sure. <laughs> we got one right here in St. Louis. But these are used for special occasions such as festivals or openings or new premieres. Uh, they are. Some breweries are still delivering dray daily, weekly using horses, Hook, Nort- Hook Norton in Oxford, and Sam Smith's and Tadcaster being two of them. Where does Hook Norton in Oxfordshire, and Sam Smith's in Tadcaster. Hook Norton must be some beer. Oxfordshire is obviously in England. Let's look yeah, up. Yeah, I was going to say that one. Have you ever had a Hook Norton before? <laughs> yeah, but I took some medication and it went away. <laughs> <laughs> Hook Norton. Okay, Hook Norton is... Um, Dr. Weikert picks me up. <laughs> it's a village and civil parish in Oxfordshire, England, and lies four and a half miles northeast of Chippingham, blah, 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 blah. 
what is Hook Norton famous for? The village of uh, best known for the Hook Norton Brewery. So, yeah, that's a beer. The home of real ale. Or it's, it's ale. The brewery is housed in a traditional Victorian building dating from the 19th century and is a mecca for real ale buffs. So if you're a real ale buff, you know what a Hook Norton is. <sighs> See, this show is educational. You learn stuff. It is. Show, right? Golden nuggets every <laughs> yes, day. You, you learn about Drage and Draymond and things like that and who the 10 top jobs were 150 years ago. You know, just think about it. Both you and I, Shelly, 150 years ago, if we lived 150 years ago, we'd be dead right now. Because you we know would. what? Because nobody lived past 35. Everybody died at like 35 or 40. That's true. They, they did. They, they died early. They had early. a very um, right. short lifespan. Well, if you got appendicitis, you died, right? You know, think about that. And I hate to say that. That's a cruel thing to say. But before modern medicine, there are all sorts of crazy little things that we take for granted today that back then were fatal. You know? Pendicitis, yeah, I you're... do. They actually, you know how they diagnosed MS, multiple sclerosis? How's that? They put you in a hot uh, water and it, a hot water bath and made you stay in there for I don't know how long. And because one of the things that triggers MS is heat. So you don't take hot showers. You don't. So what? Go... what they, they put you in this hot bath. Tub, what were they waiting for you to do? Like act weird or what? Um, to have, you know, to be completely fatigued because that's what hot water, the hot does to so in other words, it would just a sort person of, with MS. It just sort of wear you out and you'd want to lay down and go to sleep, right? Well, it's a little bit more than that, but yes. Right. But it, it doesn't give you like it doesn't give you like like seizures or anything like that. It just wears you out, right? If no, they put you in hot water. Seizures with MS, at least okay. none that I know of. I don't know a whole lot about it because uh I don't need to be an informed consumer, but I do know that much. It is 648. It is BS.show. I haven't played that song in a while. You know, just the other day I was thinking to myself, Halsey, for a while there, every time you turned on the radio or TV, there's Halsey. And then she disappeared. But well, she's back. We're playing one of her new songs. It's actually a pretty good song. You heard it yet? The one you just played? No, no, no. That's that's an old song. That's her with Kelly. That's what I thought. I'm like, hmm. No, no. There's a new song it's called. And it's actually pretty good. Okay. I just found this, and I thought to myself, I forgot about this. We're talking about the unfortunate uh, death of Livy Newton-John yesterday. Yes. Do you know this this weird part of her life back in 2005? She was dating this guy by the name of Patrick McDermott, and they started dating back in the mid-'90s. She dated him for almost 10 years, and one night on an overnight fishing trip in 2005, he disappeared. And no one has ever seen or heard from him since. Is that weird or what? And the yeah. and the bizarre part of it was he was divorced at the time. He had a wife. Her name was oh, his name was Yvette Yvette Nipar. And after Patrick McDermott disappeared, Olivia Newton John teamed up with Yvette. In other words, this guy's ex-wife, and they searched for him for years. And and talks about um, that he was on here. Let me find find this. He was on a fishing trip. Um, the cameraman, uh, the friendship through through could have never flourished without Patrick McDermott. The cameraman who was an in an in an on off relationship with Newton John was forty eight years old when he was reported missing from an overnight fishing trip. 
McDermott and Abbott Angler booked the solo trip on the Freedom Boat out of San Pedro Harbor in Los Angeles on June 30, 2005, with 22 other passengers and crew members. His belongings, including car keys, passport, and wallet, were found on the boat, and his vehicle was recovered from the parking lot. McDermott missed a family event on July 6, but it wasn't until July 11th when he was reported missing to authorities by his ex-wife, Yvette Nippar. A subsequent Coast Guard investigation closed more than a year later. They did not find any evidence of criminal action, suicide, accident, or hoax in the disappearance of McDermott. Separate investigation, Marine Safety Investigation, closed in October 2008, suggested McDermott, McDermott was lost at sea. They think he fell off this fishing boat. Is that weird or what? I mean, you know, sometimes there's... I, what is it about us as humans where we have to have closure? You know what I mean? In other words, we have to, you know, if someone disappears... And we pretty much know they're not alive anymore. Why do we have to ultimately have their body? You know what I'm saying? Yes, I do know. Well, but, and think about this. Like, there's all these interesting stories that are coming out of Lake Mead. And you know what's going on with Lake Mead? Lake Mead is receding. That's the big lake behind Hoover Dam um, out in, you know, the Nevada area out there um, along with the Colorado River. And since the re- the the river, since the the Lake Mead, you know, the reservoir has hit record lows, they're finding all sorts of things out there in the middle of nowhere, and they're finding all these dead bodies. I think they're up to like number five. The first one they found was in a fifty-five gallon oil drum. You know, that sounds like a mob hit, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> We're gonna put you in an oil drum and throw you in Lake Mead. We'll drive you from Las Vegas. You know, and that you know, one minute you're in on the strip in Las Vegas, next minute you're in an oil drum, and we're throwing you in the lake and Lake Lake Mead. And they're finding all sorts of uh, sunken boats and ships and things like that. And the other thing was, I th- somebody sent me this last night, and it was sort of interesting. There were a couple of small towns that were in the area, and I think this is true here in Missouri with Lake of the Ozarks. There were some small towns in the area down there that when they essentially you know, got Hoover Dam closed and then they started to you know, fill the reservoir, which ultimately became Lake Mead, these towns went under. They were literally flooded. And and now that the lake's gone way down, these towns have surfaced again. And there's I've heard that. And there's foundation. There's also a place in Missouri that's like that. Well, see, you know, Lake of the Ozarks, there was people that lived down there, you know, in that area that they flooded when they put in Bagnell Dam. I mean, just like, you know, we talked about this before, that in this in the right in St. Charles County, if you go if you go south of ninety four or west, whichever way you want to look at it, and you go past the high the the, the high school. You know, you're going and you start to go down the, the twisties down there. Just before you come to the waterworks, you know what I'm talking about? I do. On the left, there's a cemetery for the old city of Hamburg, which was destroyed during World War II. They took all that area. There was there were two cities. One of them was Hamburg. And I can't remember what the other one was. It still shows up on maps. And they took the cities and they essentially kicked everybody out and they built the processing plant for the uh, the nuclear you know the nuclear uh, stuff and and the, the toxic am- waste stuff. yeah ammunition and all that kind of stuff down there and when they got everybody out of the, the place they burnt the town down literally burnt it down you know set fire to it bunk and then and then you know ran over the rest of it with like bulldozers or something like that why town, did they do that because they they needed the property down there for uh, the war effort for World War II to make ammunition and nuclear stuff that's right yeah. And you know, town just gone, and there's there's a still cemetery there. That's the Hamburg, the Hamburg Municipal Cemetery. Anyway, we have to take a there break. There was there is some body of water hey, hey, that I, a I, town is I, underneath I don't that mean, you can actually. Well, I don't mean to stop you, but I'm gonna, oh, I gotta yep, get go. I, it's six fifty nine.
It is BS.show. I'm Shelly. She's Brad. I do that every time. I think the song's over, and there's one more line in it. I'm sorry for you fans of Lady Gaga. I stepped right on the end of her song. Okay, by the way, that's no that's no Berlin. You know, that's the love theme from uh, the new Top Gun movie, Maverick. And it's not anything like the love theme from Take My Breath Away from the original Top Gun movie. But you know what? They can't all be. Right, Shelly? Absolutely. Okay, a couple things to talk about. First off, someone died last week, and I thought this was sad because he was one of my idols because of the role he had in a particular TV show. If I said the name Roger Mosley, will you know who that is? Does that name ring no, a bell? No, I wouldn't, actually. Roger Mosley died last week. He was 84. What did he play? Well, did you ever watch Magnum P.I.? I did. Okay, you know who T.C. was? I do. The helicopter pilot. Yeah. That's Roger Mosley. Aw, and he, he passed? Well, he was in a car accident. Pretty bad Recently? car. Yeah, well, th- this happened like about a week or a week and a half ago. He was in a oh car my. accident okay. and survived the car accident, but ultimately died of his injuries from the car accident. Didn't die right away, died like about a week later. And I, I first off, as, as a motorhead and as a helicopter freak, I loved Magnum P.I. because of the Ferrari and the Hughes 500. That was the helicopter that he flew. And if you know the whole story behind Magnum P.I., these they were all his, these were all special forces buddies of his from the Vietnam War. And that was how the whole Magnum P.I. thing sort of came out. These were all guys that served together in, I guess, was in the Army. I think it was. And T.C. was a helicopter pilot. And his other buddy was the, was like the, I think he was like the, the, um, um, intelligence officer and i don't know exactly what magnum was but yeah and and the crazy thing about it was they did things with that helicopter which are just downright unsafe you know i mean nowadays if you got caught doing that kind of stuff you'd get reported to the faa and not only that not only just just general rules of flying helicopter you don't do the things they did but of course it's the movies it's the tv show anyway he died last week okay couple things to talk about do you know the new 988 number is in force? Now, do you know about this? No. Do you know what the, I do not. Do you don't know about 988? You dial it like 911, but it's not for police. 988 is like the mental health number. If you're having I'm so glad they did that. Yes, it's a it's a national number and I believe it and we had a story about this, I don't know, six months or a year or so ago, because in some of the areas in St. Louis, uh, and I don't think it was necessarily on the Missouri side, I think it was Illinois, they had some exchanges that started with 988, and I think they had to move those exchanges. Or I can't remember what it was. But essentially what they did was they cleared out this 988 number for the entire country, um, and um, the, the, you know that the, 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 uh, now if you dial 988, if you're having like, a bad day and you think you might do yourself harm and i'm being serious about this uh, you can dial 988 and there will be counselors there that will help you 24 hours a day seven days a week okay what's interesting about this is st louis in the last couple of weeks has hit a high of 988 calls by young women you know why this is uh, you you go ahead and tell me huh? <laughs> She's going, I know he's up to something, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> the reason there are all sorts of young women in the St. Louis area who some of them are literally on suicide watch 
is because the Cardinals traded Harrison Bader to the New York Yankees. You know who I'm talking about? No. You don't know who Harrison Bader is? I have no idea. Where have you been? Okay. I don't follow Okay, sports. well, I don't care if you don't follow Thank sports. You're calling me out, dude. Here, here, women know who Harrison Bader is, okay? Uh, on your phone, just type in the name Harrison Bader, and you'll see the picture of this dude, okay? He'll be all over the place. He's like, he was like the heartthrob of all these women in St. Louis. Oh, my God, he's so dreamy. Oh, As a matter of fact, his nickname was Tots. I don't know why he got the name that. Uh, he, he was traded... From the Cardinals, he has long hair. He used to wear, like, the bandana in his hair. You know what I'm talking about? Under his baseball cap. Studly-looking guy, long, blonde, curly hair. You got his picture? No. (laughs) Oh, did you want me to do that? Yeah, look at his picture. He's 28, 6 feet tall, went to University of Maryland, uh, University of Pittsburgh. Uh, Matter of fact, who's texting? And what's his name? Harrison Bader. Bad. Harrison. Here, Harrison Bader. Harrison Ford. Okay. Yeah, Harrison Bader. Uh, take one look at him and tell me, like, if the women, oh, my God, it's Harrison Bader. And the women were all, like, going crazy about him. Oh. <laughs> you see him? <laughs> Sorry, I put in Ford. <laughs> no. No, come on. He won a gold glove in 2021. Uh, matter of fact, there's oh, a- okay. I I see who, he's at, who you, he is. You remember who he is? You know who You know who he is? Don't you, you you you've never seen him before? No. Okay. What's interesting was the Cardinals traded the New York Yankees for a pitcher, and they traded him the New York Yankees. And the interesting thing is, I didn't realize this. He's originally from the New York area. He grew up and it was born and raised in Bronxville, New York. And so he's back home, and uh, which I guess is 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 great. Um, he, a matter of fact, uh, his he's father. He's got plantar fasciitis. Yes, that's why that's why he's not playing right now. And the New York people are upset because of the fact that they traded a pitcher. And if you know what happened this weekend, the pitcher Montgomery, I think was named, they traded him for the from the uh, New York Yankees to the Cardinals. And then the Yankees came into town, and we swept the series, which was very unusual because the Cardinals have they've been playing good ball lately. But nobody thought they're because supposedly the Yankees are the hottest team in baseball right now. I think they have the best record. And the pitcher that was with the Yankees who came to the Cardinals, beat the Yankees. Is that like poetic justice or what? It is. So anyway, they traded Harrison Bader, and the people in New York are mad because he's he's been out. I don't. I think the last time he played was like sometime in June. He they, was injured when they got him. Harrison Bader? Yeah. Well, I know, and they say he won't play till September, and that's why the Yankees fans are upset. They're going like, you got rid of our one of our star pitchers for this guy who can't even play? Suppose have you ever had plantar fasciitis? I have. It's extremely painful. Yeah, he won the Golden Globe in 2021. So all the women are on suicide watch in St. Louis. Not all the women, but... A, Is this true? I'm kidding. <laughs> but he was... He, I heard women talk about... Brad? Oh, oh my God. Harrison, Harrison Bader. He's my ideal man. He's so good looking. He's got that long curly hair. And he's such a stud. And he's so handsome. And he's a professional baseball player. Unfortunately, I don't think he's making a lot of money yet because he hasn't hit whatever they call it, the free agency or stuff like that. He's making six figures, but he's not, I don't think he's making seven figures. That's weird how that is in National League. You know, one year you go from making $500,000 to $50 million in one year. But anyway, they traded him. Okay, now, here's my next thing to talk about. This has been someone in the news. But the 988 or 998, that's a real thing. Yes, 988 is a real number. 
Yes. Matter of fact, uh, I'm going to take a look at it real quick. Uh, right now, and I'm not saying you just dial it just to dial it, but if you dial, uh, let me see if it's, I'll see if it's officially 988 hotline. Um, yes. And you can actually SMS 988 as well too. The 988 suicide and crisis lifeline is the United States based suicide prevention network of over 160 crisis center that provides 24 seven services via toll free hotline with the number 988 is available to anyone in suicidal crisis or emotional distress. So and it, that's just on a mobile phone, correct? No, no, you can dial it on your on your regular phone. It's 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 good anywhere. It's good. You can and supposedly you have to do a star. Well, or supposedly a... you can SMS nine eight eight as well too. In other words, if you if you just go to if you send a message to nine eight eight on your on your text, if you text nine eight eight, someone will respond. And there's a chat, but there's a phone number. In other words, just like if you okay. ha- if, if if you like your house catches fire, you dial nine one one. If you right. have an emotional emergency, you dial nine eight eight. Same kind of deal. See, that is so cool that they did that. Well, I'm I'm very appreciative of that because what, there's a lot of people in dark places out there that need someone to talk to that's a professional. I know. I'm dialing it right now. <laughs> I'm on it right it's now. only because you're on the air with me, Brad. <laughs> no, no, for other reasons. That'll, that'll no. end in about 45 minutes and you'll be fine. No, uh, that's that's the – that's and the reason they did that, there was there 800 numbers all over the country and there were local, you know, local numbers if you – suicide prevention and things like that. And what they did was they essentially unified. It's the same deal like with 911. Back in the day, you know, if you know you're you and I are old enough to remember, back in the day yes. there was 911 and you had to have if you went to like matter of fact, you dialed zero. No, are you people would send you stickers. Remember they would send you stickers like Yes, they and, would. and you'd stick them on your phone. For fire, call this number. For ambulance, yes. call this number. For police, call this number. And matter of fact, when I was a police dispatcher, which was pre nine one one, that we had. Were you a police dispatcher? I was a police dispatcher. If you can Dispatcher's imagine that, so multifaceted. Yes, uh, we had two numbers. We had a regular number, which was for the police department, and people would call that number with emergency. But then we had an emergency line too, and it was cool because we had it on our phone, and a big red light would pop up when somebody dialed. That'd it. be like the bat phone that you have now. Yeah, well, but, you know, we'd answer that phone first. If somebody, you know, obviously we're on one of the other lines and the, and the emergency line rang, we'd jump to that one real quick. Okay, so here's my next thing. Okay, there's a lot of controversy lately about, and we've talked about it to a certain extent. Like, for example, talked about the Yankees were in town. Did you know that, that, that what was it, the game on Saturday? They had the highest attendance they've ever had, like in Bush Stadium? I did not know that. It beat the World Series. It beat everything. I'm going, like, how is that possible? How did they have more people for a Yankees game than they had for the World Series and things like that? This was supposedly was the it was the most attended game ever in Bush Stadium number three. Okay, so now I'm going to move on, officially move on to that. Okay, but the reason I brought that up was the controversy has been about dynamic pricing. And the idea being is if you go online and they're playing dynamic the Yankees. pricing? Yes, for the Cardinals. Tell me what that means. Well, dynamic pricing means, means that if you, let's say you take a seat. Let's pick, you know, section 105, row two, seat one, okay? Or seat okay. A, okay? If you were to buy that seat for the Yankees game, it might be $150. But if you That's bought like that. That's like a PSL. No, no, no. It varies. It varies in price. So, in other words, depending upon who they're playing and depending upon what night of the week is and stuff like that, the price of that very same seat varies. If they're playing the Yankees, it might be 150 bucks. If they're playing Pittsburgh, it might be 25 bucks. Get what I'm saying? They call it dynamic pricing. Okay? Okay. They've done this with concert tickets, and they've been doing it for a while. And one of the big controversies is with Bruce Spring- Springsteen because he's back on tour again 
And he's always been the guy who's trying. He's you know he's working for the man. He's working for the average Joe, that kind of thing. And now he's getting all this bad publicity because of the fact that he's had that reputation. I want my tickets to be affordable. I want everybody to be able to go to one of my concerts. Well, not anymore. They're doing dynamic pricing, and some of the seats and some of the cities are going for five thousand dollars a piece. Oh, really? Yes. And, for example, I heard a guy on another radio station the other day talking about this, and Bruce Springsteen is not coming to St. Louis, at least maybe not now. Maybe they might expand the tour and he might come here. But he was looking on – he was actually online looking at the ticket prices in Kansas City, and he was saying, wow, it's not that expensive in Kansas City. You can get a pretty decent seat for $190. Shelly, have you ever paid $190 for anything to sit and watch somebody? Um, Yes. Who was that? Elton John. How much did you pay? I don't know. Was it over a hundred? Was it over? Yes, was it over? Was it, it over? Was. was it over two hundred dollars? It was pretty close to that. Did you feel that you got your money's worth? I. It was Elton John. Of course, I did. Well, maybe he put on a. Plus, bad... I was with one of my one of my childhood friends, Becky M- Jacobs. Maybe he put on a bad concert. Maybe he was hung over that night. Maybe he had no, a fever and didn't was feel good. Excellent. Okay, the reason I bring this up is. That what's interesting about this is to me is that there's a big controversy in the car world and specifically Chevrolet. Chevrolet is this announced, they just announced this last week. They're rolling out the Corvette, you know, they're on what they call the C8, which is the current version of the Corvette. And the super high performance version of that Corvette is called the Z06. It's a Z06 Corvette, and it actually has a different body, has wider, wider fenders. Excuse me, has wider fenders, bigger tires, all bit high performance engine. It's the creme de la creme of Corvettes. And what's interesting about it is, if you know what's going on in the automotive field, they're saying that it will probably be the last super high performance internal combustion engine Corvette. So these things are going for a premium price. Chevrolet is getting into a tiff with their dealers because some of the dealers. Are who are, you know people have ordered this Corvette and let's say it's one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Some of the dealers are selling it for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay, and Chevrolet is mad at them. But by the same token, what Chevrolet doesn't want to have happen is they don't want to have people buy the car and then flip it. You know, they put you put your name on a list and you got one hundred fifty thousand dollars. You buy the car for one hundred fifty thousand dollars and then immediately you put it on Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace or bring a trailer or one of those kind of sites and. You sell it for $250,000. Now, what's interesting about this is everybody talks about the recession. There are guys right now that if you call them up and say, hey, I've got a brand new Z06 Corvette. It's yours for a quarter million dollars. They'll say, I'll be over with a suitcase of money. They got the money. Okay. Here's my. I've got a brand new pair of roller skates. You got a brand new key. So what Chevrolet is doing, they're trying to combat this flipping. So one of the things they're thinking about is they're thinking about making the warranty only good for the original purchaser. So in other words, if you bought it and then you flipped it, let's say you bought it and you had it for a week and you put 100 miles on it, the the original owner would have the warranty, but when you sold it to the secondary market, it would not have the warranty anymore because they're trying to discourage. I'm thinking to myself, okay, here's what I don't understand about Chevrolet. It's like in real estate. It's like in anything. What you have is worth what someone will pay for it, right? You're not the only person who says that. Well, but why doesn't Chevrolet just say, hey, guys, list price in this car is $150,000, but for you, $300,000. And they split the difference with the dealership. You want this, you know, you know, you know uh, uh, 
you know, uh, name a corp, name a Chevrolet dealer. Off a top Chevrolet dealer, Jim Trenary. Okay, Jim Trenary Chevrolet. Jim Trenary Chevrolet Hughes, has two. has one of the new Corvettes, and Jim Trenary says, "Hey, I've got the new Corvette Z06, and come on in. It's yours for three hundred thousand dollars." And let's say the list price is one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay, the deal that General Motors should be making is just split the profit with them. You know, so in other words, if if there's a if it's a hundred fifty thousand dollar car, the dealer pays. Let's say he pays. I don't know what he pays. Let's say he pays one hundred fifty thousand for the car. Okay, then when he sells it for three hundred thousand dollars, General Motors gets seventy five thousand of the you know the one hundred fifty over the list price, and Trinari gets seventy five. I don't want to know why it's a big deal. Or just put it on auction. Isn't it illegal to sell over list price? I don't think so. I mean, you know, I mean, he, he, this Seems is... to me like it would be. I get in arguments with my real estate friends. Because, you know, for a while, the real estate market You're is... You're in a lot of arguments. Well, no, no. The real estate market has sort of cooled off. And, you know, for a while, it's like... Oh. I heard that. Well, everybody's saying, oh, I listed my house and it sold for $100,000 over asking price. And, you know, my response to that is, you put it to a low asking price. In other words, if, if you say, hey, I've got whatever. I've got, you know, a 55 Chevy and I want $25,000 for it. And one guy shows up and he says, I'll give you thirty for that. And the other guy shows up and says, 35000 Another guy shows up, 40000 I listed it too low, okay? But yet, people like bargains. Here's my argument I use with my real estate friends. Every like house, bargains. No, every house should be listed for a million dollars. If you're going to sell your house, list your house for a million dollars. Why? Well, if you go to Schnooks and they say, hey, ground beef, Normally, normally eight ninety nine a pound is half price at four dollars. You're gonna go, man. I'm gonna go buy a bunch of ground beef. It's half price, right? Right. And you're gonna go, man. I got a deal on that. If you put your house for sale, and let's say it would normally only sell for for four hundred fifty thousand, and you put it on the market for a million, somebody comes along and says, yeah, I'll give you, I'll give you half price for that. I'll give you five hundred thousand dollars. Deal. And they're going to go, wow, man, I just stole that house. They wanted a million dollars for that house, and I paid $500,000. And you're going to tell your friends, yeah, man, I paid, I paid 50 cents on the dollar for that house. That, that Shelly had her house listed for a million bucks. I have to offer $500,000, and she took it. Man, did I, did I take advantage of her? Did I get a hell of a deal? See what I'm going with that? Anything, yeah. other, anything other than real estate, that would be the way it is. If I had, like, let's say I had, had a Z06 Corvette. And I put it on the market, and I paid one hundred fifty thousand dollars for it. And I put it on the market for seventy five thousand. Some guy comes along with seventy five thousand. I sell it to him. He's going to be bragging up one side down the other for the next ten years. You know, this guy had this brand new Z six Corvette, and he wanted one hundred fifty. It was a hundred fifty thousand dollar car, brand new, only had a hundred miles on it. And I gave him seventy five thousand for it. I bought it pennies on the dollar. So why don't so? But and when I say the real but estate, did he get a warranty? No, but one take the warranty out of it for a minute. This is what I don't understand about real estate agents. And I've talked with them about it. They go, well, that's ridiculous. We would never do that. Okay, but explain to me then why, if you say, if you're so good at pricing homes, you know, they say, you let us let us come in and appraise your home. And you put it on the market, and all of a sudden it gets bid up. Matter of fact, I heard the guy from, um, who's the guy, uh, the, the two brothers that are like the real estate tycoons in the St. Louis area. The, 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 oh, the property brothers? No, 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 no. They're local guys. They're they're they used to be Coldwell Banker guys. Now they're somewhere else. The Zolmans or whatever the the Holmans. Because there's the property brothers. No, 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 in no. St. Louis. No, no. This is not. That are them. out at Remax Edge. No, this is not them. This is the these the two guys. Somebody text me. Um, I can't remember who is. Anyway, the the two the two guys the two brothers who are like the big guys in St. Louis. Okay, I heard them 
on another talk show, and he was talking about the fact that some guy called up and cussed him out because he said he was trying to buy this house. And he says, I bid $150,000 over asking price, and I didn't get that house. Something's fishy. And the guy said, somebody text me again. Not the Hellmans. I can't remember their name. Not the Hellmans. Not the mayonnaise people. And the guy, so the real estate agent says, well, that's because somebody else bid $190,000 over asking price. So in other words, they had it too low. But yet, if, if they would have put that house on the market for $2 million, and somebody would have come along and said, I'll give you a million for it. Let's say it was only worth 800000 Deal. I'll take it. Gelmans. The Gelmans. Yes, the Gelmans. Those are the Gelmans. Yes, the Gelmans. The Gelman brothers. He was bragging about the fact that, that they put this house on the market and somebody paid $200,000 over, over asking price and one of the guys called and complained, I bid $150,000 over asking price. How come I didn't get that house? Because somebody else bid, built, uh, bid $200,000. So Once one again. Of the, one of the brothers called and complained? No, no, no. Some guy who tried to buy the house was complaining that he oh, thought, okay. in other Got words, it. let's say the house was listed for $500,000 and he bid six fifty. He's saying, well, I bid $150,000 over asking price. I should have had that house. The only problem was somebody else bid $700,000, and he didn't get the house, and he was mad. He didn't understand. But once again, the house was listed too low. Once again, don't put, you know, I, you know, and, and you have what's called auction fever. Instead of putting a price on a house, just auction it off. Oh, absolutely not. Yes, auction it off. Highest bidder. You got it. Your radio, you know, your 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 real estate, whatever you want. Maybe what you do with our radio station, the highest bidder, we'll give you three radio stations. Any bid over ten dollars is considered <laughs> a high bid. <laughs> okay, we have to take a break. Uh, Here's hold it. Somebody's calling me, Harrison Bader. He wants to talk to all his girlfriends. Okay, hold oh, on a yes. minute. It's seven twenty-eight. Why don't you get him on the air? It is BS dot show. I supposed to have a guest on right now, but I'll be honest with you, Shelley. I can't find the damn number. That's Hoover Dam. Um, should I tell the story or not? Tell the story. Uh, there's this guy, Ed Golterman. And believe it or not, years and years and years ago, long time ago, I actually worked with him. Very short period of time. Maybe one night at the original KSLQ. And Ed Golterman, if you follow this guy on Facebook, Ed Golterman will tell you that if one thing were different in the St. Louis area, things would be totally different. If one thing were different in the St. Louis area, we would have no crime. We would have everything would be wonderful. We would be like the New York City of the United States. And you know what that is? What's that? The Keel Opera House. What? The Keel Opera House, which I don't know. Why would that make such a difference? (laughs) Ed posts here. I'll give you a perfect example. Ed is one of these guys, and, and I, you know, it, and Ed, you know what? If you're listening right now, I don't think he is. There are very few people that I reply back to on Facebook that when they post absolutely positively bizarre, weird stuff, do I ever reply to? And like, for example, I'll read one of his one of his posts. Uh, is he your Facebook friend? Yes. Okay. This was 12 hours ago. He's always harping about the Muni Opera. And and the 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 um, 
Keel Opera House, whatever. I don't know. I don't know if it's not the Keel Opera House anymore. It was the it was the what the Peabody Opera House. It's the Centene Opera. I'm you know changes his name all the time. It's like Riverport. Okay, you ask ten people. Hey, that place out in Maryland Heights that has the concerts. What's that called? Oh, it's Riverport. Riverport? You know, most people still call it Riverport. Matter of fact, there was an article we talked about this. What about a month or so? There was an article in Post Dispatch that talked about how St. Louisans don't like new names. Everybody calls it Highway 40. You know, everybody calls it Riverport. Everybody calls it you know what the original name was like. You know, now it's even to the point where some people are going back to the TWA Dome, you know, which originally now they're calling the Dome. Okay, here's Ed Golderman. Twelve hours ago, Muni could have had a fundraiser concert or two for flood relief in September. The Cardinals and Blues should not have a monopoly on this and the publicity. He's complaining that the Muni Opera, and to a certain extent, he gives he's a, he's a historian. He claims that the reason there is a river port is because the city of St. Louis will not allow open booking at the Muni. And what's interesting is back in the day, there were concerts at the Muni. Yes, there were. There weren't just, you know, plays and things like that. There were concerts there. Yep. And apparently the Muni people, whoever's in charge, decide, we don't want to do that anymore. It's our place. We're just going to have plays. So, and I read something the other day that he said that Tashara, to, to I can't have a problem with her name, Tashara Jones, the mayor of St. Louis, recently signed some kind of legislation which now is allowing open booking at the Muni. So, in other words, if if uh, Bruce Springsteen wanted to play the Muni, he could play the Muni. If, you know, pick a group, if uh, uh, if REO Speedwagon or if, uh, you know, uh, Eminem wanted to come play the Muni, he could play the Muni. If Halsey wanted to come play the Muni, they'd book a date and they would, you know, of course they can't, you know, book it. And the idea being is that, and he's complaining that the Muni is not being used. They don't use it, you know, past September. Now, when you think about that, October would be ideal for the Muni because the weather in October is usually pretty good. You know, the weather's even probably even in early November. You know, normally we have decent weather into early November. Okay. So he's, and here we go again. Uh, he's talking about, uh, you know, like, here we go again. Give Muni fans and those who have never experienced Muni the month of September. Uh, and then he's, he's calling out the the TV stations all the time. KMOV, do not call public officials leaders. KMOV, do not call public. KMOV, total failure, infrastructure, public safety, public health. Gabrielle Nadal, there is no long term not here. What does that mean? You know, I mean, it's like, you know, it's just he rants. Camo X, stop shilling the most dangerous city in the country. Disgusting Maria and the male voice. Cut the blah, 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 blah. This is what he does all day long, all day on Facebook. He's making. Is that like his job? I know. 17 hours ago. Eric Schmidt, instead of festering class envy, how many on the Muni board could profit more than the fewer nights it operates directly indirectly how many more restrict it in, in violation of federal and trust laws several other mistresses and masters initiate criminal and civil investigations immediately you have a lot of stuff to clean up before you go to dc he's saying that one of the prime things that eric schmidt should do before he goes becomes a senator is work on the muni situation i'm going like and between the muni and whatever it is the keel opera house he essentially is saying and 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 he said this on many occasions the reason that downtown is not doing well is because of the Keel Opera House. That if the Keel Opera House was utilized with concerts like, you know, five nights a week, that the city would change and everybody would move back into the city. And a couple of times I've responded to him and, you know, like, you know, commented and just he shoots me back. He starts making fun. Your, your, your little radio stations. And I say, hey, Ed, 
Come on here. We'll we'll talk. I don't have a problem. Come on here. You can come on here and talk about the Muni and talk about, you know, how. And what he's saying is that the gems of the city are the Muni and the Opera House. And that if we had more concerts at the Muni and the Opera House, that the city would totally change. I guess, all you know, you know, I can see it right now. The gangbangers go, hey, man, the Muni's over, open. Let's turn on our guns. Let's stop shooting each other. We're going to the Muni tonight, right? <laughs> right? I mean, yeah, I'm going like, hey, we could be going stealing some Kias or some Hyundais tonight, but instead, let's go to the Opera House. We're going to watch a concert. Yes, we're not going to steal those cars. You know about cars. the Kia boys? Yes, we talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know the bizarre part of that story is? You know, how what? The, you know what the bizarre part of that story is? No. Do you know how the you supposedly you can start the Kias and the Hyundais? This um, is this is the using harsh language. No, I don't know. This is the story. I'm thinking to myself, how is this possible? If you know the story, let, I, I, what, here's what I'll do. I will, I will see. And I asked him um, to to get him. Uh, by the way, Mike Otten just said rain getting closer south on the radar. Uh, drove through sprinkles in Francomo. So in other words, he's it's in southern Franklin County. It's starting to rain. So. That's rain's on the way. Okay. So I gave him my cell phone number. I said, call me. And he didn't, but he sent me his number on, on Facebook on a comment. But the problem is there's 4 million zillion posts from him and I can't find the right post that has his phone. number. So all you have to do is search. I've done that. I can't find it. You have to go on his page and then search. I did. I can't find it. I'm on his page right now. I'm on his page. What is his page? Ed Golterman, G O L T E R M A N N, or it's no one N. And, you know, and we'll, we'll move past it. I'll try to contact him because I see I he's first off. I, I've mixed emotions about the guy. First off, I love people that have a passion for what they do, but there's sometimes when it gets a little bit over the top, and to the point where you you have to put on the blinders and say, okay, Ed. If the Muni were having concerts and if the Opera House was having concerts five nights a week, I don't think the city of St. Louis would be that much different. You know what I mean? I don't think that the crime would go away and, and he's always blaming the civic leaders and he's always wrapping up the uh, ragging of the blues because the blues supposedly had a responsibility for, for having concerts at the Muni or not the Muni at the Opera House. And uh, it's like, come on, whatever. I mean, just I don't even understand it. You know, it's just one of those things. It would be like me saying, hey, you know what the problem with St. Charles County is? What's the problem with St. Charles County? We don't have any Godfather's pizza. What? Yeah, God, if we had if we had Godfather's pizzas all over St. Louis County. you know, There's like the, actually a Godfather's pizza they brought back. It's on Central School Road. Well, I'm I not lying. I don't think it's the, I don't think it, there's a chain called Godfather's pizza. I don't yeah, think there is. Well, but what I'm saying is Godfather's I picked the wrong name. Shelly's Pizza. If I said, the problem with St. Charles County is we don't have enough Shelly's Pizza. What's Shelly's Pizza? I don't know, but we need more of them. Okay. You know, that'd be like say, you know, the problem with Franklin County is if we had a good fair. Well, we got the town and country fair. They do real well. Yeah, but that's not a good fair. I mean, a good fair with two million people that show up. I don't think the town and country fair could handle two million people. Yeah, we need we need a place where 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 people the town and country fair where there would be like a, a stadium that hold like a hundred thousand people. That's what we need for the town and country fair. I don't think that's going to happen. Why not? We need it. It just doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? He's just like sort of one one of those kind of guys. And I'm not trying to rag on him because not on the air. I tried to call him. I can't find his stupid number. And I gave him my number. and He didn't call me. Am I going weird on this? 
No, it's something that you're passionate about. But I don't see. I don't understand people that say if we had this, things would be great. You know, you know, like that's sort of the coulda, shoulda, woulda kind of things. You know what I mean? If we had, if St. Louis had Red Rocks, you know what Red Rocks is in Colorado? You know, the big concert venue there that's built like in the side of a mountain. You know what I'm talking about? I, I didn't, but okay. Okay, if we had Red Rocks, things would be great. We don't have Red Rocks. We've got Riverport. You know, and well, yeah. if we had red, if we had, you know, that would be like, it would be, if we had the loop trolley in, on Del Mar, things would be great. Guess what? We had the loop trolley. It bombed. It failed. It, it went down in flames, literally went down in flames. I think one of the cars caught fire or something like that. I don't, I don't understand those kind of people. I'm making no sense, am I? I'm getting as bad as Ed. As bad as who? <laughs> Ed. Never mind. Well, he seems pretty. Um, if you if, are, do you looking at his page? I am. And you see what he, he's he's complains. All he complains about is the mayor, the muni, the opera house, the radio stations, the TV stations. Do you want his number? It's too late now. You found it. I did. Okay, text. It I to will me. send it to you. Text it to me. I'll try. To, I'll I'll try to call him today and see if he still wants to do this. And I'm not trying to set the guy up. I just want him to come on here and say. Okay, Brad, yes, I believe that if we had the Opera House and the Muni, things would be great in St. Louis. I'm going like, I don't quite think that's going to do it. You know what I mean? I don't think that's going to create the crime's going to go away, the poverty's going to go away, the drive-bys are going to go away, the Kia boys are going to stop stealing Kias. I don't think that's going to work. You know what I mean? Yep. Okay, we're going to take a break. Yep, I just texted it to you. Okay. I'll call him tomorrow. I'll call him later today and see if he wants to do this still. Seven Just call four- him now. No, because we don't have enough time. It's 745. I love that song. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love that song. Victoria's Secret. The lady's name is Jax, J-A-X. You like that, Shelly? I do. You know who You know who the dude is? Oh, did we talk about this? But I didn't give his name. Les Wexner, W-E-X-N-E-R. That sounds about something that somebody would start. He's uh, he's Wexner, W-E-X-N-E-R. He is uh, from New Albany, Ohio. And matter of fact, uh, he now is worth, I don't know how many billion. Here's his list of, of, of properties, okay? Uh, later expanded his holdings to include Victoria's Secret, Abercrombie & Fitch, Express Incorporated, The Bath & Body Works. I believe he started the limited. Yes. American billionaire businessman, the founder and chairman emeritus of Bath & Body Works, formerly limited brands. Wexner grew a business empire after starting the limited, a clothing retailer with a restricted selection of profitable items and later expanded his holdings to include Victoria's Secret, Abercrombie & Fitch, Express Incorporated, and Bath and Body Works. Lexner announced in February 2020 that he was transitioning from CEO of L Brands into the role of Chairman Emeritus. Wexner hired Jeffrey Epstein as his financial manager beginning sometime in the late 1980s and continuing until 2007. Wexner had a very close relationship with Epstein. Blah, 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 blah. That was, you know, that was the Jeffrey Epstein. Okay, you know who I'm talking about? I don't. The guy who died in jail? Oh, it's, that's that's who his partner was, Jeff. <laughs> even more reason that people should be upset. Women should be upset about about <laughs> Victoria's Secret. I'll read that again. Wexner hired Jeffrey Epstein as his financial manager, beginning sometime in the 1980s and continuing until 2007. 
Wexner had a very close relationship with Epstein, began in the 1980s and continued until Epstein's death. Wexner was once the, quote, main client of, we- of Epstein's money-managing firm, according to Bloomberg, was, uh, Wexburn allowed, Wexner allowed Epstein to run the business out of a house he owned and resided in while CEO of Victoria's Secret. So when she says it's a dude in Ohio, she ain't kidding. It's Les Wexner. He's the guy that started Victoria's Secret. And isn't that interesting? It wasn't started by a woman. See, I heard that song for the first time last week. I thought to myself, that has to be the anthem for like 90% of the women in the United States. True. I mean, because of the fact that, that you know, we talked about this the other day, maybe yesterday, maybe last week, about the body image thing with women. That if you don't look like, it used to be that you had to be look like Twiggy. Remember through the years, first it was you had to look like Marilyn Monroe. And you had to be a buxom, you know, attractive blonde. Then it was Twiggy. You have to have a body that looked like, you know, a, a little tree with a couple of branches growing out of it, which were the the arms. You know what I mean? And you know, and then it and then it became like uh, Baywatch. All the women had to be like Pamela Anderson. And now it's Kim Kardashian. All the women have to have, you know, big booties and big boobs and be big, very curvaceous. So what's the next trend going to be? So now. I had this discussion with somebody recently about Victoria's Secret. Now, I don't go to Victoria's Secret, but essentially... You just like to look at their catalog. I I don't... They were telling me that Victoria's Secret has changed and that it used to be like if you were like five foot two and weighed 110 pounds, you could find all your underwear there. But if you were like five foot four and weighed 150, you couldn't find anything there. Get what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, they have changed on that. Right. And there now they have in support. And I think part of it was that Lane Bryant came out with a line of underwear and things like that for women who were not the quote unquote skinny minis. Correct? Wasn't right. that wasn't it's that the claim? Cashier. Yeah, right, right, right. And Lane Bryant was always the place in the mall where the women who are, shall we say, plus sizes went for clothes. But then they came out with their with their underwear line, which was what you call it, Kashik or whatever. Yeah, Kashik. Okay, and remember, my favorite commercial is the one that the guy yes, doctored. Yes, it is McRib. <laughs> the guy doctored. It's what's her name? She's the famous. She's the famous plus size model. You know what I'm talking about? I do not. Let me find her name. Um. And she's been in. She's been in the because now even even remember that we talked about this earlier this year with the the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. They have all sorts of different shi- sizes and shapes of women now. Famous plus size model. I can't remember her name. Um, she's been in a lot of different things, but she's well, one was in the in the um, and it was interesting about that is you remember the controversy was it shows her getting somebody just texted me. Is that the name? Ashley Graham. Yes, thank you, smartest woman in the world. Ashley Graham. Because there was a controversy about this, about the fact that a couple of the TV networks banned the commercial. And if you know the commercial, it starts out with her in her bedroom getting dressed. And she's paying, trying on different panties and different bras. You don't see her, you know, I mean, she's they show her after she's got them on. And during her little, it's a little 30-second commercial. And during the 30-second commercial, she gets a text on her phone, and the real commercial says, meet me for lunch, and what she does is she just puts on, like, a full-length coat, like a winter kind of coat. It goes, like, down to her knees, 
and all she's wearing is a bra and panties. A, a bra and panties and her high heels, and she's going out to have lunch with this dude, you know, who just, hey, let's have lunch. And the idea of, and, and, and but the, what somebody went in and doctored the commercial. So when she looks at her phone, instead of saying, meet me for lunch, it says, you ready for this? It says, McRibber's back. <laughs> It's cute. So the idea being is that she's quickly throw out her coat to go to Mickey D's to have a McRib. So which, but the original commercial, she was on TV. She was featured on a lot of the news stations because I think ABC banned the commercial on the network. I'm going like, no, hold on a minute now. And and she even said, okay, you know, you can see the Victoria's Secrets girls on TV. They remember they used to have that on. That was like the network. Do you remember they had the Victoria's Secrets? What? stage show you know what i'm talking about i don't they had this show it was like an hour long it was on cbs it was in prime time they had it every year and then all the gals remember they had the gal who would walking down the aisle and she's got wings on like an angel you know what i'm talking about you don't yes i do when she's stopping well i can't it's stomping is a thing with runway models well no i'm not talking about stomping but i'm just talking about the whole show was of was victoria's secrets models walking up and down the runway victoria secrets show now it's gonna drive me nuts if i can't i think this was on cbs anyway what ashley graham was complaining about the fact that they banned her commercial yeah the victoria's secrets here we go Victoria's Secret Fashion Show was an annual promotional event sponsored by and featuring Victoria's Secret's uh, a brand of lingerie from 1995 to 2018. Victoria, uh, Victoria's Secret used the show to market its goods in high-profile settings. Models under contract to the company known as Victoria's Secret's Angels were key participants in the event. The fashion show was canceled in 2019, the same year as organizer Edward Rasick resigned under public pressure. And that show, the fashion show at its peak viewership in 2001 had millions tuning in to watch and was known to be a lavish event with elaborate costumes, lingerie, music by leading entertainers, and set design with changing themes. With dozens of the world's top fashion models selected to perform in each year, the fashion show attracted celebrities and entertainers and regularly featured special performers and acts. American Television Network broadcast the Victoria's Secret show until during prime time. Um, the first shows in 1990 were head in the day, held in the days preceding Valentine's Day, linking the brand to the holiday romantic theme, blah, blah, blah. In 1999, show was webcast. Uh, cancellation officially announced in November 2019, men declining ratings and sales. Uh, growing concern of growing criticism of Razik was influenced by both the reckoning of Me Too movement, fourth wave feminism, and the association of brands Les Wexner with sex. Yeah, talks about the association of brands CEO Les Wexner with sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. That didn't help the show at all. The fact that Jeffrey Epstein was involved in in the in the company. So anyway, has this show made any sense today? I guess the answer is that is no. No, I actually responded, but I had my pot turned down because for some reason my cord is messing with my microphone. I got one right there. Okay, say goodbye, Shelly. We got to go. Oh, my goodness. It's gone so fast. 7.59. Brad, it's been a slice of heaven as usual. I'm here for the whole show. And have a great day, everybody. Peace and I fly. 7.59. Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning Show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive, LLC. See you soon.